The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. Here's the president and primary owner of True Tech Tools, licensed engineer, and the nicest BS artist you will ever meet, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Now, if you weren't aware up to now, I am very passionate about home performance. This is your host, Bill Spohn, by the way. Sometimes I forget to say that. I'm so passionate that I volunteer my time as a board member of and now treasurer of the Building Performance Association, also known as BPA. Among many other things, BPA runs a series of excellent trade shows called Home Performance Conferences, or HPCs. They were formerly called Affordable Comfort Conferences, and they started in the late 1980s. So I was at a recent HPC, and I heard several people remark that they were not clear on what exactly BPA was. So, loving a problem, wanting to try to solve it, to overcome this lack of clarity, I'll be running an intermittent series to discuss BPA and its activities on this podcast. As, frankly, I think more people ought to know more about them and tap into their resources, especially HVAC contractors. In today's episode, I interview Steve Skodak, the CEO of BPA. Steve shares with us his history as a leader of nonprofits, also the history and activities of BPA. It's actually a relatively new organization, including how it helps to set policy, activities in state and industry outreach, apprenticeship models, as well as paid and free membership benefits for those interested in better understanding or doing work in the field of building performance. Listen in closely, and you'll hear of the tie-in between Steve's career and expanding foam, one of my efforts at making a pun. you also find links to the website for the Building Performance Association, as well as membership, and an email directly to Steve if you want to get in touch with him and learn more. So listen in, as we have this great conversation about everything you want to know about the Building Performance Association with the CEO, Steve Skodak. Today, we have a new guest, a new voice, Steve Skodak, who is the, hopefully I get this correct, the executive director of the Building Performance Association? CEO, same as. CEO, okay. <laughs> and Steve is a happy guy. You'll hear him probably chuckle a lot during this conversation, but he's got a great sense of humor, a great spirit. And first, Steve, can you introduce yourself to the audience. How did you come into this role? Well, I'm Steve Skodak. I am the CEO of the Building Performance Association. I came into this role February 17th of 2020. And significance of that timeline has to do with about three weeks into the role, COVID was in full form and we had to shift into a virtual format for our events. And so it's been quite a wild ride from the get-go coming in here. But my background, I have been in membership and membership-based organizations in management for about 34 years now. I started my career in YMCA market, switched to software for nonprofits, worked for a company that developed turnkey systems for associations, everything from fundraising to programs to member service and member outreach and donor outreach. And my most recent position was with the Painting Contractors of America, working with 
business owners who were paint contractors, both residential, commercial, and industrial. So having the transition over here, building science has been a little bit of a difference in what I'm accustomed to. However, the managing of businesses, of working with members, of establishing programs and events is what I've been doing my whole career. So it's been very exciting to come over to this industry, really motivated individuals, and I'm thrilled to be here. That's a very impressive background, Steve, and a lot of work with nonprofits, I guess. Is that a focus of yours for any particular reason? It is. It became my focus by virtue of initially when you're young and you're studying business and you want to be a leader, you look at the for-profit world. And the for-profit world for me did not, my time there was not as exciting as when you're working with a group that is volunteer-driven, which is the joy of the organization is that it's not just a question of how much money can we make. It becomes a question of how do we fulfill our mission in a way that is sustainable, because that is the key. You do have to be sustainable as an organization. How do you fulfill your mission? And then how do you bring the vast knowledge and the vision of a diverse group of board members together to drive an association into a space that really makes sense and really fulfills a much needed gap in the industry as a whole? So I've always found that much more rewarding to fulfill a mission on that side, but to also make the business sustainable. Let's first talk about the organization itself, the Building Performance Association. Building Performance Association, that makes sense as a phrase, but it's got an interesting past and it's relatively new. Can you explain that for the listeners? It is. So Building Performance Association really came from a variety of other organizations that eventually merged together through a couple of series from Home Energy, Affordable Comfort, ACI, Home Energy Pros Forum, the National Home Performance Council, the Home Performance Coalition, and Efficiency First. So those are the transition from about 1984 to 2018 when BPA was formed. So Building Performance Association has been a legal entity since 2018. It is a 501c6 organization, which is a nonprofit, but a nonprofit that has a business trade format. And we are an industry association, so we do not solely represent the contractor. We represent the industry as a whole in advancing it. Part of that is figuring out ways for business for the contractor to be successful and have a sustainable operation even outside of rebates. And the other components of it is how do we amplify the voice of the industry at a time where the country seems to be coalescing behind an idea that we need more federal funding, more state funding, more local funding to address whole home efficiencies and also to look at a greener economy. We do still maintain the Home Performance Coalition 501c3, which is a charitable entity, which is really where our education side of our house resides. Although that's in name alone, it is really under the umbrella of the Building Performance Association. So that's the mechanics out there for those of you who are familiar with nonprofits and want to understand really what our mechanisms are. But that is who we are. There's a similarly named organization called BPI, the Building Performance Institute. 
Can you explain the nature of that organization and any relationships it has with BPA? Building Performance Institute is the organization that establishes the standards and also has credentialing for individuals working in our field. And many of you are familiar with people who are BPI certified and or are yourself. And Building Performance Institute is essentially a sister organization. We have very close relationship with them, essentially a do no harm and how do we work together to be more effective in the market. They are an independent organization, as are we. However, we do have some, their CEO serves on our board. I serve on their board. We also have some cross-service board members and really just in an attempt to have a more clear picture of what the other is doing so that we can make sure that we fill gaps in the industry based on the skill set that each of the organizations brings to the table. So we're not together, but we are very good neighbors. (laughs) Good. And so who would be a member of BPA? What is membership like? We have a couple of formats for membership. Premium memberships are memberships that provide discounts to events and gives people an opportunity to have access to materials for building their business or building their program output. A typical premium member for BPA would be a contractor, an owner of a business who is looking to leverage the education available through the Building Performance Association for them to improve and sustain their business. Others would be those who are interested in, say, the work we're doing in the policy arena. So we may have some of the agencies out there. We have some people who are WAP agencies who are out there, weather assistance program agencies out there. We will also have people who may work for companies that work within our industry. So they might be manufacturers or they might be working with coalitions at the state level or local level to advance this and come on board as a member with us in order to leverage the resources that we have toward the mission that they're promoting in the field. So in addition to membership and all those resources provided, there's also a series of trade shows or conferences that are put on by BPA. Can you tell us about those, like the nature of them and the purpose? The National Home Performance Conference is held annually. It is our largest event each year. We will be in Seattle in April of next year. This brings together about 2,000, 2,500 perhaps in the next year, allows people to come together and we have a number of tracks and those tracks may be indoor air quality. They may be employing diversity, equity, inclusion in your models and advancing those programs. There may be a track that deals with air infiltration or any number of the things that would impact our industry. So last year we had about 240 sessions. We have few plenary sessions and more breakout sessions. So there's a lot of detail that can be had in these individual sessions and a person can really tailor the experience they have. We also have a trade show at that time as well, where we have vendors from the various manufacturers around Bill Hugh being one of them, who is there, who are able to talk with individuals about what they're offering, what the latest technology advances are, what direction or 
we see at the tables, we see a lot of crystal balling. We see a lot of people at those tables asking those manufacturers or those financers, or there may be people who are involved in green economy promotions, or we have HUD there who's talking about creating space for new grantees. There's that interaction in there in a way that is unlike any other place that a lot of these folks have been, where they're able to say, what's happening in the future? What do you see the direction going of green financing? What's the direction you see of insulation, spray foam, those kinds of things? We also have regional events, which we have one coming up in Bloomington, Minnesota this fall. And that would be a regional conference. That regional event is really designed to address, to have programs that are focused on issues specific to that region. They are open to people from around the country, but in this case, you have Minnesota, Wisconsin, and states surrounding them who have some unique issues within the whole house home performance side. So we certainly would welcome people to come to that, but those are more focused on those. They still have a fair amount of general signs of home performance and also of trends. My experience with the trade show goes back to 1989. I attended my first one. And at that time, it was called Affordable Comfort Conference. You mentioned that earlier. And I've always highlighted the spirit, the founders of that conference, Helen Perrine and Linda Wigington, is just creating this welcoming atmosphere of engagement, understanding for the participants, understanding for the presenters, understanding for the vendors, so much feedback engaged, just a really like a family picnic almost. And that continues today. The staff that Steve manages continues to execute with that spirit involved. It's one of the most fun things I do every year and now with regionals multiple times a year. Yeah, it is a great time. And our team works hard over the course of the whole year. The conference, essentially the minute it's over, we've already begun the next one. We've selected sites. We're picking sites. We try to move it around so that the burden of travel is not solely on one part of the country or another. We also like to give people fresh views. So where it's located, getting everyone together, having a chance to do a call for presentations, which we're actually in that stage right now. So if you're interested in presenting some particular program that you think is important to this industry, we welcome that. And you can reach out on our website, which is building-performance.org. And we have a section in there for meetings and a call for presentations. But we have the call for presentations. We have a couple of hundred of volunteers who evaluate those presentations every year to figure out which ones are most timely and will be the best use of your time. So we have a really robust system of evaluating proposed sessions. And then we're putting it together. We still are adding sessions right up until the end because we still want to make sure that anything that is new or innovative out there, that we have slots available to put those in so that we have things that are very timely at the time of the conference and not a year old at that point. I brought up the agenda from this past year's national conference in Nashville and it's things like there's actually a track, 13 presentations were given on running your home performance business. So this isn't all about science. No, 
there's a lot of practical aspects here, running your business, also just doing the work too. And there's some workshops that are even more hands-on than a talking head speaking to you. So it's, like I said, for years for me, it's been about the best conference, the way it continues to adapt and morph to the needs of the community. Home Energy Pros, you mentioned that too, is one of the series of mergers that happened. What is, there's a building performance forum. Can you talk about what that is? You can access it from our website, but it's called BPA Connections. And BPA Connections allows individuals to go in to establish a user. Think of it in terms of Facebook without all the advertisements and without all the tracking of your data. But in the BPA Connections, it gives you a chance to, you can be in general conversations that are out there that are public. If you have a group of people who are trying to work and discuss a certain aspect of business or the industry, you can set up your own chats within there that are just private by invitation. And then also gives you a chance to look at other people are sharing information out there. So there may be documents or videos or things like that, that they have the ability to share with groups of people. So we have thousands of individuals out there who are on this forum, some who just enjoy listening and watching all the conversation, others who are very active in posting. And we think that anyone related to the industry would find this space to be very useful to them as we share information out there, as people in the industry share information with each other. So is it a membership base? Is that part of your membership or is there some free aspect to it? Aspects of it are part of our membership, but if a person goes out there, they can, at no charge, they just have to create a username, essentially tell us who they are, and log in. And then they have access to a variety of things. There are some portions of it that are member-specific. so Sure, restricted, yeah. I mean, you mentioned like typical social media like LinkedIn or Facebook. There are people talking about similar topics, but here everything resides it becomes a library, it becomes searchable, it becomes very focused. And you can mark a conversation. Say you're following a conversation and there's back and forth and you're part of that. You can mark that to say, I want to follow this conversation and get notices whenever somebody contributes to it. So you'll get an email notification saying somebody has spoken about this. And we find that members and people out there who are interested in this format have found it to be very useful. So you'd mentioned that an aspect is the policy arena. What happens in the policy arena? Are there like monster trucks running around? (laughs) (laughs) Very close in that arena. In a bit of small information in my background, I actually did start by managing concession and catering company. And one of our customers was the Monster Truck Show. So I've had dozens and dozens of Monster Truck Shows in my background and thankfully enjoy a much quieter world these days. (laughs) A blower door isn't that loud. (laughs) Uh, No, not near as much. Well, the policy is a fairly large portion of our industry is really getting the right policies and more at the local levels, the codes and the philosophies of how they're going to approach whole home and building science. Policy on our side, we have an active policy committee. We do have a lobbying organization. We do have a vice president of policy, and we do advance legislation. The Hope for Homes program was 
written by our team and was submitted and worked through Congress, got approved, I believe, twice in the House and committee and Senate, and then got stalled during COVID. So this portions of Hope for Homes is still out there in parts of legislation that are under consideration. That legislation had to do with providing funding to the industry. The HOPE portion is for training and introducing people to the industry. The HOMES portion of it is consumer incentives for whole home approach. Then we have active, and our membership is very active in policy in general. So having our committee work with our legislative and policy team really is a great combination. Things move very quickly. Pennsylvania just passed a bill to deal with barrier mitigation, which was extremely important. And there was a lot of grassroots on the ground discussions that led to that legislation. We have policy pillars. Someone can go onto our website and look at our policy statements and see really what the organization believes. So our policy principles, if you go in there, you'll see what all we're supporting as an organization. And if you agree that those are things that should be supported, your membership helps fund that. So it's really important for us to have your membership and to support these kinds of things that are out there. So in the more than just being aware of and pushing or encouraging policy, there's the follow-on, there's the educational aspect, there's outreach to the states. It isn't like you just stop there and talking about it. There's engagement. Can you describe a little bit of that? No. And actually, one thing that we found is that one of the most important things for the association to be doing is state coordination. So we have introduced and committed staff to going out and connecting dots at the state level. So for example, there was an active, longstanding group of people slugging away at this work in Maine. We had the opportunity to go in there and create an affiliate network. We actually didn't create, we merely organized an affiliate network that was already there, was able to have Maine BPA established which gave them an opportunity to have some bumpers around the work that they were doing and also allowed us to go out and wrangle more people into that group because it had a name, it had a location. So that group's been really active and was able to organize all the people that they had really been working with for years, but were able to do it under an umbrella that allowed them to have a single voice. So we work on behalf of filling that group of people by going out and finding gaps out of the group that's working on these problems at the state level. They are still the people who are advocating for policies in their area. We are merely trying to help them have the resources to effectively carry that out. And that has been a very interesting way for us to get involved. We believe based on the information The situation that we are in today is the federal government is funding state energy offices more than they ever have. A lot of people are familiar with the ARA era where they turned on the tap and said, we're going to put all this money toward it. The fire hose. Yeah, the fire hose approach of we're just going to throw money out. Lots of people stood up companies to get this money. The money came, the money went. Our belief is that this is going to become a more sustainable flow and that the commitment from the federal government is going to increase Department of Energy, Department of Labor, 
all those who are interested in seeing workforce development and seeing a green economy are going to be pushing these. So there'll be more money at the federal level, more money at the state level, and more money at the local level. And we are lacking capacity to handle that. The industry as a whole is lacking that capacity. So for us, it is important that everybody who is in the industry now grow and that we add players and that we grow those players. So we are really interested in trying to eliminate duplication of administrative responsibilities. If you have three or four groups who are small organizations who are all trying to do the same thing, how can they work together and each of them take a slice of that and grow them substantially? How do we then introduce people to fill the gaps? I am a player of the gaps. You will hear that often in building performance association conversations because Each market has gaps in abilities and information. And so our goal is to find who is doing that work and how do we amplify the message of the mission that they have so that the industry speaks with a single voice, even though it's a diverse voice. Sure. (laughs) In my experience, and also full disclosure, I'm a member of the board of directors. I'm actually the treasurer of the Building Performance Association. And because of my recent immersion in the activities of the board, I've come to learn things I didn't know before. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast. We're actually going to make it a series because I think there are so many elements of this that can help contractors that do building performance, that do weatherization, and do traditional HVAC work because of the trends that are happening. And I'd also like to say there are many things, like I consider one of my roles in my company is to get up high on a hill, not high on a horse, but high on a hill and look over the horizon and see what's coming down the road. And you'll get a mix of that at these conferences. You'll get a mix of that through the forums. I can't stress enough how this can impact your business. I see more and more, I'll call them regular contractors coming to these events. Can you speak to the demographics of the events? Like who is coming a little bit? There's a couple of dynamics at play, but the conference has a segment of it that is contractors, the business owners, their team members, people who are wanting to maybe expand their business into another portion and look at more of a whole home approach. We have some very successful contractors out there who are sharing their information on how they built a sizable business by creating a network of other contractors who work with them on a whole home approach. Besides that, we have weather assistance program. People come. We have every other year. So we talk about WAP years and non-WAP years. Every other year, weather assistance program places a large emphasis on getting their team together every couple of years. So we have weather assistance program years where they have their own tracks and they're open to the public. These are not private tracks, but we modify our offerings to make sure that we're getting them that way. Recently, I heard somebody refer to a home as a home as a home, which means really when you're talking weather assistance program and you're talking contractors, they all should be treating the house the same way. Yeah, it's a home. The physics is the same. The problems are the same. And maybe the economic level of the homeowner or home resident is different. And you also spoke about consumer incentives coming out of the policy arena, which reach the market rate, the non-weatherization assistance type programs. We also have utilities there. We have utility program, a fair amount of those folks as well. So we have the 
regional energy groups are there, the Rios. There's a whole host of individuals from across the industry who come together there because it gives them a single location to go and catch program people, contractors, weather assistance program. We have some manufacturers who attend certainly from vendor sponsor side and then also those who are attending to understand and hear what the industry is saying. We have policy people who are there. And then, yeah, program implementers is another key segment. So people who are doing community programs out there. There's a rich history to this, as you spoke about before, going back to 1984 and and even before that, of experts who are still hanging in there, hanging around and coming to the conference and sharing their wealth of knowledge and experience. And I just can't say enough about how it could shortcut a lot of problems. If you're considering any of this kind of work to come to the conference, you're going to hear about experience. You're going to connect with people who are, for the most part, very generous in sharing of the information that they have and the experiences that they have. Yeah, it is really interesting as you walk through the halls of these meetings in between sessions or at mealtimes to see the varied assemblies off to the side of people who say, tell me more about that thing you were talking about in that session, or we see a tremendous amount of connections happening there, which lead to greater connections the next year. If you've never been and you come, this is a very welcoming crowd and they will plug you in. And that's quite honestly part of the job of our team as well, is to make sure that first-time participants have a good time, that they get access to people. I'm always happy when people come up to me, I'm always like, so who did you hope you would meet on this trip? Oh, well, I listen to Bill Spohn's broadcast (laughs) I'd like to, and Bill can attest. I'll grab that person and I'll find Bill and I'll drop that person off at Bill and I will move on because there are people who just really want to get certain things out of the conference and we want to make sure they get it. So I also know other people who have been attending for years that when they talk to people, they're also very quick to say, you know who you need to talk to, and they're here. Let's get you and this person together. We have an app that we utilize for the conference that allows these connections to be made like, hey, where are you? When can we meet? And you can set meetings, even with people you don't know, if there are people on the list of participants who have a profile and you can say, hey, you do the same thing I do, but you're in Colorado and I'm in Louisiana. I'd love to talk to you about what your programs are. You can agree to connect during the conference time. And many have found that to be helpful. So I'll make sure in the show notes that I give links to some of these resources like the Connected Community, as well as the main site reference. If somebody has a question, can they email you if they have a question about the they can email us. Feel free to email me directly if you want. I'm S. Skodak, so S-S-K-O-D-A-K at building-performance.org. And that's S. Skodak. So like if Kodak had a ship. Yeah. S.S. Kodak. I worked for Kodak for five or six years and that never occurred to me. You just like, boom, it's there. As a kid, it was very simple to teach people to spell my name. I said, it's like Kodak with an S in front of it. And they got that. Today, not so much. No, (laughs) Kodak is really, for a large part, evaporated. Fantastic summary 
of what BPA is, where it fits, its history, what you're doing. As we close here, tell me what BPA is going to look like in five years, if you can. What's your dream or your vision for five years from now? Our vision really relies in the coordination of local resources in building capacity. And that capacity would include state energy offices, programs, contractor capabilities. It would also include workforce development. So there are many organizations out there who are advancing workforce development, who are going out and enticing people into these careers. And it's not just enticing people into the career entry level. It's discussing how entry level leads to management, leads to ownership, leads to series of companies. So there's this whole spectrum of that at the local levels. I would envision five years out from now that there would be robust activities at the local level through state coordination. Our focus will be to continue to go state to state and coordinate resources, take the people who are already there, who are hard at work, and amplify their message. We do not have a desire to come into an area and do what other people are doing. We don't want to do that. We just want to share with the marketplace what everyone is doing, and we want to make sure, much like we talked about at the conference, that, oh, you know who you should know? You should know this person. They're doing a great job in a very small area. And then we also want to create an industry hub that houses some of those shared items. So we have just worked through with Department of Labor to get an apprenticeship program. There are some folks out there who really want to utilize apprenticeship programs, take them, own them, make them something that is important, that works well in their community. We want to make sure they know this already exists, that we can share those models, give them those models to use in their local markets, also connect them with others who provide on-the-job training funding. There's a lot of resources, a lot of funding coming to the states from the federal government, state governments, that as an individual out there or as a small organization, it's hard to know that all these resources exist. Absolutely. You have no time to resource it. Right. So we want to make sure that, say, if you are a program implementer, here are programs that work in these situations, or these are the kinds of programs that are most successful in larger cities, in rural areas, in suburban areas, in cold climates, in hot, muggy climates. These are the kinds of programs, work, activity that need to be shared. And so we want the repository of information. Much of what we're doing is pointing to resources. So as we develop the hub and continue to develop it, we're pointing to what these resources are. So if I'm a business person in Missouri and I'm starting or I have a home performance business, I like to know that I can have an apprenticeship program. I like to know that we can have on-the-job training. 50% of the money can be paid through funding that's coming out to support that effort in the first year. I want to know that Missouri has an anti-recidivism program where they will bond the employee who comes to your business and works, that they will pay a portion of their wage for that time. And there's just a host of opportunities that people have out there in the workforce development space, in 
policy space that allows them to be more successful at what they do. And we want to gather all that together. So five years from now, I would see us being in far more states than we're in now and having much more allies. We have ally network with nonprofits out there who we have similar missions, or at least we have missions in the same space and we align. We don't want to do the work they're doing. We want them to do the work they're doing. And we, again, want to amplify their message and make sure that we can help them support their mission and then fill the gaps. There I am again with the gaps, right? Yeah, there it is. Amplify and fill the gaps. I mean, it's almost like expanding foam. Oh, for sure. That could be your new logo, Steve. (laughs) A can of expanding foam. (laughs) We're the gun and they're already there. These people are already there doing the work. They're doing a great job at the local level. We just need them all to know each other. And really what you described there, just that last little bit, to me, reflecting on a conference I was just at, it can really be about small business development. If you have an existing business, you can hop onto these trends. Or if you want to start a business, you can learn an awful lot without having to dip your toe and lose your foot. One more thing is there's a member benefit, a national member benefit that a lot of people are taking advantage of. Do you want to pitch that? We have several member benefits. The one benefit that most folks like is member pricing on all of our events. We also have policy and advocacy alerts that our members receive that are updates to members only on what some of the thoughts are on the policies that are occurring at the national and the state level. We also have some incentives. Home Depot program. Home Depot allows 2% credit back to the user. If they're purchasing products, they can just sign up with the program at Home Depot and identify BPA as being the group that they want to support. That link is on our website. And they receive 2% back on all that they purchase there. By the way, that's called Pro Extra Rebate Program, Home Depot Pro Extra Rebate Program. And they get listings on our directories and also They are the ones that we go to in the affiliate network building that they are the, when we go into a state and start working on coordinating the resources in the state, our members tend to lead that process at the beginning and throughout the process. You're also supporting all of our policy efforts that we have along the way. You get the connections community, we have the training and career hub. And we have job posting boards and just a whole host of things that folks in the industry really need. And we think you'll find very helpful. We also have the journal, the Building Performance Journal, is available through our link on our website right now. You can get to that as a virtual publication. And also you can receive updates on articles. And there's a variety of them. Some that your host here has done for us over the last couple of years, just talking about really some of the developments and nuance within the industry. And there's also behind the scenes, there's the Industry Manufacturers Roundtable, which is out there conceptualizing how to support this industry, the contractor industry. So if you're a contractor listening, the manufacturers want to see this happen. They're gathering together to help bring what they would like to see in the industry forth in a uniform format through the organization. And they want to hear from you, and they do so through us, through these connections that are made. The hub, the conduit, the amplifier, the player of gaps, the expanding spray foam man. Thank you, Mr. S. Kodak. (laughs) It is my pleasure. I get to work with a lot. Our team is fantastic. I really enjoy working with them. 
we have a board of directors with 26 dedicated individuals, yourself included, who work on this stuff every day. They're working on trying to make the industry better and are really working to improve outcomes, both for contractor program implementers, manufacturers, and the utilities. Very good. So we'll be back at this again in a few weeks with another message about BPA and a little bit more granular detail, but now you have the background. So I want you all to go to the show notes. I want you to click on some links. I want you to look some things up. I want you to change your perspective. That's what we want to do with this podcast. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. I hope you grabbed a few bits of information and learn more about the Building Performance Association. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can reach me at bill at truetechtools.com. The Building HVAC Science Podcast is a production of True Tech Tools Limited, and I hope to see at least a few of you at the next Home Performance Conference. Who's going to take me up? <laughs> <laughs>